This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday to all of you. Thank you for hopping on board here. The USS Steve Day Show. Nah, it didn't work. Thought I'd just try that out. A little something different. I don't need to ask you guys. I can just tell the minute it left my oral cavity. That's a negative. Todd's facial expression hasn't changed for the past 45 seconds. Indeed. Can we start again? No? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Mulligan. I just, I was, I was looking at your shirt. There's a certain naval theme to it. I thought we were just doing a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're not. We're not doing that thing. Three, two, one. Greetings and welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV. I am Steve Dace. Don't know who that guy was just a minute ago. Todd Erzin is here with me as well as... Reporting for duty, sir. And you're fired. And then there's Aaron McIntyre as well. Let us know what you think about what we think via the Steve Dace Swab That Poop Deck now, bleep. Aye, aye, Captain Crunch. You're fired too. So I guess it's just going to be me here today. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. Uh, also, you can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R. If you're looking for clips of the show that are free and then also free of censorship, go to Rumble.com slash Show. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at least for now, at Show. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Um, I've got to tell you. Right from the top, though, before I get to anything else, breaking news. I've tried the new Rocky Road Built Bar. Folks, I'm here to testify, okay? That thing, I got a handful of emails from people last night. They're like, holy cow, I just tried that. Have you tried it yet? I have. Now, I, I, would, I would still disagree there's there's the chocolate chip cookie dough flavor, and then it's space bar, okay? But in that next tier right alongside the coconut brownie chunk, we can now add the Rocky Road. I mean, they nailed this. It absolutely tastes like a Rocky Road uh, ice cream when you were a kid. It's absolutely fantastic. It is the latest fantabulous flavor from our friends over at Built Bar, they can't, they have so many of them now. Uh, you want to you want to get signed up just so you can get alerts in your email when these specialty flavors show up for just a day or two, because this one is that good. But heck, even the normal variety box is pretty good. That's what got me hooked on Built Bar before I even knew what their specialty flavors were. It is absolutely the best protein bar you have ever had. It'll taste like a candy bar, but far, far more more nutritious than one as well. All of them covered in real chocolate. If you want to try it now, oh, and yes, it is easy on the tummy. Uh, That's a big thing nowadays. So if, if you want to give it a shot, 
Built.com is where you can go, B-U-I-L-T. For Built.com, use my name, the last name, Dace, as your promo code, and get 15% off when you go to Built.com. Pardon me. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, on the show here today, we have a treat for you at the bottom of the hour. Ian Miller is going to join us. You know a lot of those trusty graphs and charts we have shared with you over the last year and a half. He is the mastermind behind many of them. And he's going to join us for a latest deep dive on COVID data vis-a-vis hysteria. You do not want to miss this coming up at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we will play our weekly game of uh, fake news or not. Also, we've got Pop Culture Tuesday. We're going to look at what happened to the Olympics. Lowest watched Olympics since NBC bought the rights exclusively more than 30 years ago. Why? It was uh, still a very successful event for the U.S. Uh, Ended up coming from behind to win the overall gold medal and medal count after a slow start. So, I mean, is there a reason that the ratings were so low or a group of reasons We'll get into that coming up with Pop Culture Tuesday later in the program. But before we begin, we, of course, have to start where we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by that one doctor from Indiana. Dr. Dan Stock is a family medicine physician in Noblesville, Indiana. He went viral over the weekend after speaking to a local school board about the continued ridiculousness of mask mandates and other virus mitigation measures in schools. To, to address your comment, geez, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having a problem. And I would suggest the reason we still have a problem is because we're doing things that are not useful and we're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC who actually don't bother to read science before they do this. I would hope this board would start asking itself before it considers taking the advice of the CDC, the NIH, and the State Board of Health, why we are doing things about this that we didn't do for the common cold, influenza, or respiratory syncytial virus. And then ask yourself, why is a vaccine that is supposedly so effective having a breakout in the middle of the summer when respiratory viral syndromes don't do that? Dr. Stock lays out in great detail over the six-minute video various pieces of evidence from the CDC and others contradicting the current mainstream advisories for schools and COVID before he ends with this flourish. For the policies that you are basing on are totally counterfactual. I don't blame this board for that because I know you aren't scientists and you've thought it was reasonable to listen to the CDC, NIH, and the Indiana State Board of Health. But I would encourage that instead you listen to the people out here in this audience and read what's on that data drive. And if anybody here in this board has any questions about anything on that, I will happily come back and sit with you individually if you would like to explain the science behind this. And if you're worried about being sued by somebody because you don't follow the guidance of the CDC and the NIH, I will tell you have a free pro bono expert testimony at your disposal. I will testify in defense of this board, turning down all these recommendations for free at any time in any court. Thank you. Meanwhile, in Washington, dudes and dresses have some thoughts about the Delta variant. We are concerned about the spread of the Delta variant. The Delta variant has been shown to be more transmissible more contagious than previous variants. It is also more virulent, which means that it can cause more severe disease and more hospitalizations than the the previous variants. Here's how the White House is spending your tax dollars to make the push for vaccination. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. We did a joke. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Vogue. 
Usually I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey Jenny, I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called initiative. That's some unknown social media influencer who's paid with your tax dollars to make this video. Dr. Anthony Fauci is really kind of probably not so much confident about masking children. We would feel very badly if we all of a sudden said, okay, kids, don't wear masks. And then you find out retrospectively that this virus, in a very, very strange and unusual way, is really hitting kids really hard. That's the thing. Nobody feels comfortable at all about having children be put in a situation where it might ultimately, the way some people study, have some impact on them. But hopefully this will be a temporary thing, temporary enough that it doesn't have any lasting negative impact on them. He made those comments to radio host Hugh Hewitt on the Salem Radio Network. It's now official. The United States military is requiring COVID vaccines for all active service members. Former CDC Director Robert Mask is better than a vaccine. Redfield is really confused where the CDC is getting its data from for its mask recommendations. Well, where have they been for the past, you know, ever since then? What's been going on for the past nine, ten months? Why, why don't we have data rather than, as you say, just opinion that's leading this push with our schools? I think it's a fair criticism. I'm of the point of view that this has to be locally decided uh, as opposed to a general mandate, uh, particularly in the absence of data. But you know, I've said before, I do believe that masks are better than having received a vaccine that didn't work in you. But that's not to say that I'm convinced that we can make yeah. the statements that the best way to protect kids in school is, uh, as some has advocated, yeah. universal masking. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is moving to withhold the paychecks of school officials who implement mask mandates in his state. The move comes after the Florida Board of Education voted to allow students to transfer to schools with mask mandates if they don't feel comfortable going to a school where masks are not required. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf says the state will not be mandating mask requirements within schools there. Meanwhile, in France... For those of you listening, what we're watching are the French police randomly checking citizens' vaccine passports while they're outside on patios enjoying their coffee. Moving on, the Olympics are over, but that doesn't mean we get to say goodbye to Wokio. Gymnast Simone Biles has come out as pro-baby murder and even had the audacity to say, quote, it's not that easy and coming from someone who was in the foster care system, trust me. This weekend in Colorado, a fan of the Rockies' Major League Baseball team was heard yelling this during a quieter part of the game. And again, it's 2-0, and this is not to pick on, on Ben. Turns out the fan was yelling Dinger, the name of the Rockies' mascot, not the N-word. But we didn't learn that until half the blue check marks on Twitter and the New York Times slandered the fan as racist. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Obama's massive birthday party concludes with fireworks reading, Stay home, stay safe. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Keeps. Hey, if you watch that, you've got a few other really good reasons to be stressed out. Don't let your male pattern baldness, though, be one of them. Nor that receding hairline doesn't have to be anymore with our friends over at Keeps, where they offer you the same FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but the generic version, so you only pay about half of the cost, minus that huge markup. And then there's all that convenience. You do everything online. You talk to a licensed physician who gives you an FDA-approved treatment. You take pictures of your hair, answer some questions. Again, all that's done online. They then ship it directly to your door. Can't beat that unless we give you even more savings 
to get you started. So we'll do that too. Half off your first order on top of the savings with the generic versions. You can't beat that. Just go to keeps.com slash grow for K-E-E-P-S. That's how it's spelled. Keeps.com slash grow. Half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Later today in the overtime, we're going to be looking at uh, the latest polling from our friends over at the Trafalgar Group. Interesting breakdown of who Republicans and Democrats trust to carry out and forth their values. And it's the exact opposite direction. What does it mean? Maybe nothing, but we'll break that data down later today in the overtime. For our Blaze TV subscribers, if you are one, we will record it right after today's show for you and then upload it for you to watch later on on demand at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, though, blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go right now to become one, get a discount to become one, and then make sure you don't miss any of the exclusive content us and the entire stable of people here at Blaze TV perform for our subscribers every day at blazetv.com slash days. Breaking news, by the way, this breaking news is not an awkward segue into one of my favorite products, but is actual news. Andrew Cuomo, gone. He has announced here just in the last few seconds, every now and then I get it right. He is done, gone. 16 months ago, they were begging him to run for president. He was being elevated as the face of the Democratic Party. He is now toast. He will be resigning as governor of New York, effective 14 days, two weeks from today. Any quick thoughts on this before we move on to the rest of what was in Aaron's montage? Well, it was out there this morning as well that my prediction was at least on the table that he said, listen, I, I won't run again. I Did everybody in the room just say, um, we don't believe you? Because <laughs> they, I, you would think normally if that promise, and it could be viewed as a promise in this age, would have been enough. But I just don't, even on their side, they realize like reality has been so redefined that his promise is meaningless. The events that could take place between now and then that would change the lay of the land are meaningless. What they actually have on him versus what we know, who knows? Um, it, it, it's, I think it's fascinating that even with that offer on the table from him that it was not good enough in that party. I, I would like to uh, channel Matt Walsh and just directly uh, rip him off what he tweeted a few minutes ago. The, the, the big lesson that we learned here is that it's okay to kill thousands upon thousands of elderly as long as you make, un, uh, uh, but, uh, but I should say, making uncomfortable comments to subordinates while bad is just a bridge too far. That's, that's the lesson that Cuomo learned here. I th- I'm going to be even more cynical. See, I, the reason why I thought he was gone all along is not because I like believe in some form of idealism. It's because I still believe in politics. There's too many people there that want to crack at that, including that, that attorney general. Um, the chance to score points by getting rid of a 60 some on year old white male that had outused his usefulness to them. And so now they can, they, they took a credibility hit. The whole Me Too thing went down with Tara Reid and Joe Biden, right? You don't hear, un- unless what's her face, the, the Rose McGowan speaks out. It's like Me Too doesn't exist anymore, yeah. right? Okay. That thing ended, Joe Biden and Tara Reid ended Me Too. 
This is the, this is their great retcon to get back to the moral high ground. Okay, and why not just cast a white male that is of no use to you anyway? By the time Joe Biden is out of office, you've already got his successor you want to run, which is a black woman. He's of no use to you. He is only baggage. You can put an ideologue in a hard left state if you want to. Someone of color with real with 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 uh, that has real ambitions like Letitia, right? The AG. That's why I tweeted out last week when she gave a report. Congratulations on being the 2022 Democrat nominee for governor. So I think you guys thought that I thought he was gone because I believed in some form of political justice. No. I thought he was gone because there was no political rationale for keeping him around whatsoever. There was only a benefit to getting rid of him. Only. Frankly, they they made a silly mistake not doing this months ago, letting it get to this part. They could have claimed this high ground, or at least perceptibly with their media, all along. They They took unnecessary water for him. All right. They waited too long to do this, but they'll still take maximum credit for it and their media will give it to them. Well, that same math applies to countless other fiends in the Democrat Party that they don't throw overboard. Pelosi's still there. Uh, a woman? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, now, there, you, you, there's not a uniform standard. Yeah. The standard is, right. this, is this person politically useful? To echo a 60-year-old, some, a 64-year-old white male is not politically useful. To echo that as well, starting to see this in that light, I can't remember if it was in the overtime, off the air, or on the air. It all starts to run together now. There's a reason why they didn't get rid of Ralph um, late term or, uh, uh, you know, actual stillborn uh, abortion Northam. There's a reason why they didn't get rid of him for the KKK or blackface photos, because Virginia is in a little bit more tenuous position politically for the Democrats than New York is. The other problem they had is they had a black LG there that they liked a lot, remember? Mm-hmm. And he got brought up on his own sort of Me Too situation. Yep. You put him in the governor's mansion and you put him in there now, that whole situation comes to a head. And if you're grooming him for future office, that blows up in your face as well. So everything is a political calculation here. And I thought one of the smartest analyses I've heard in the last year, Aaron, is the point that you made about how they had to retcon these things on like the riots and other things, mm-hmm. right? I just think that directly applies to the Andrew Cuomo story. They now get to say, and and now you do it when while you know it becomes more and more obvious that Trump's going to run again. You let Gloria Allred bring out her women that he's a, he supposedly touched and hugged and everything else, and and you can say, hey, we got rid of our guy, right? Okay. Yeah. And then you don't run Joe Biden a second term, so you put a woman in there instead, who, of course, is where she is because she slept her way there, but nobody cares. So you now you've got a black woman that can go after Donald Trump for inappropriate touching, and now he's now now it's an 80-year-old white male, and you've got the moral high ground. Joe Biden's been retired. You got you kicked Andrew Cuomo to the curb, replaced him with a black woman. Can't you this is the system. This is the process. I mean, you can see it working right now. Agreed. Are there any analogs? Just, I, I don't want to harp on this too much. Are there any analogs of that analysis with what may or may not happen in California? So, if you, since you brought that up, let me say this very quickly. What happened in California over the weekend? The reason they didn't endorse a candidate is because Kevin McCarthy, I have this on pretty good uh, uh, terms from our friend Constantinus Roditis out there. McCarthy, that's his state, wanted them to endorse his uh, pro-baby-killing rhino buddy. Mm-hmm. And the state delegates said, no, we're not doing that. So the delegates didn't want to elect, didn't want to nom- didn't want to endorse who the state party leadership wanted to, so they didn't just endorse anybody. That's actually the best case scenario. 
If you want Larry Elder to win as governor of California, you should be ecstatic with that result. Because the Republican Party term is so damaged out there that if Larry Elder is the endorsement of the California GOP, he is immediately treated as if he is their nominee. He'll be covered differently by the media and everything else. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This thing, you want this thing to, you just want to be brand X. Standing, standing next to Gavin Newsom when people pull up and do the Pepsi challenge and like, I don't like that drink. So give me the other one. You do not want to be Republican Party nominee next to Gavin Newsom. That changes the calculus and the political um, uh, math in, Cal in a state like California. The Democrats dominate quite a bit. You want to see exactly what you're saying. Larry Elder's raising money. Larry Elder's talking to your media. He's not doing anything that crosses over onto CNN or MSNBC. And just keep that spotlight on Gavin Newsom for as long as you possibly can. That is the best thing to do is to not brand him as a Republican nominee or endorsed by the party. In fact, it's you're better off people not even knowing who the other candidates are. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You want this thing as a pure spite fest up-down vote on Gavin Newsom. Get that. And you, you, we could amazingly be looking at Larry Elder as the governor of California, which is act of God level of, of you know, that's what it is. It's act of God level stuff. So, um, you know, just keep it on the down low, man. I think it's really smart if conservative media. I know I mentioned, you know, last week about Trump. Why is he endorsed Elder? No. Now I think about it. Stay out. Stay out of the whole damn thing, okay? Make Gavin Newsom face the music on his own. It's a non-traditional campaign. Let, let the energy level organically play itself out, and let's just see what happens. I think that's the best thing to do out there. Totally agree. Elsewhere into the montage. For the first time I, I can recall, at least since the very early days of this, was there some level of self-awareness and empathy and introspection there from Anthony Fauci? No. On some level. I mean, on some level. Granted, man, it was scant. Here's what I think that means. I think it means that the polling and popularity of masking kids is really bad. And there's a lot of angry people about it. Because I, I think he's beyond empathy and self-awareness and introspection. So I think if there's an indication of it, if there's a sign of it, um, malevolent spirits like him, it's a bracing of a potential for a potential backlash. It's, it's not actually some form of self-awareness right. or introspection there's a chapter in our book about that mm -hmm. you just hit the cuomo chapter mm -hmm. he's wondering my buddy cuomo just went down people are fed up this there might be something in the water i might be next yes um we're gonna get into the olympics i mentioned later on and i think the simone biles story absolutely will factor into the yes, conversation will. we will have about what happened to the olympics and their ratings uh, what what happened to that man that Colorado Rockies fan yesterday, brother, you be you better be on the horn right now. My friend Randy Corcoran out there in Denver, four hundred dollar an hour trial lawyer. My buddy Randy, 
brother, if you're listening to this, Randy, if you have not called upon that Rockies fan, I don't want to live in this world anymore. There is a, I'll do this one for a third of the <laughs> the settlement. There is a seven Covington, seven figure yeah. Covington Catholic level of settlement awaiting you, brother. Some, some intrepid right-wing trial lawyer is going to jump on that while it's hot. I'd prefer it's my good friend Randy Corcoran out there in Denver that does it. Everybody's getting sued to oblivion on that. And, and, and there won't be any lessons learned, and here's why. It's why there were no lessons learned about Michael Evan after Michael Avenatti. It's why there were no lessons learned after Covington Catholic. It's, it's why there were no lessons learned every other time there were no lessons learned. Because they're not doing news. This is all propaganda. It's all agitprop. That's all that it is. Anything whatsoever that they can glom onto as enemy media to perpetuate a narrative that drives their propaganda and narrative, they will do. And then just deal with the consequences of it later. Because conquering you matters far more than the seven-figure settlement they're all going to be paying, including ESPN, that they're all going to be paying that Colorado Rockies fan someday. Todd, I see you nodding your head yes. Do you want to chime in on this as well? Oh, that's gospel truth. I mean, I didn't really look into any of the details about this when I first heard it, so the visuals I'm seeing now when they finally figured out what was going on, it— it speaks He's to not even looking at the field so of play. It's so transparently obvious. He's not even looking yes. at the field of play when this is going not, on. At least within the, I, I, yeah, maybe even at ESPN. No, they, of course, even ESPN knows because they do all the mascot commercials. Did locally, they all knew the dinosaur's name was Dinger, right? You can't not know this. Which speaks to Steve's point. They are professional liars, and don't. They do it without shame. Their cause is such. They they are the guy, what was his name? The Iraq War, nothing to see Tariq here. Aziz. Yes, they're all Tariq yes. Aziz. Every damn one of them. How long have I been telling you how journalism is magical and all, and all broken? This is how it works. How about the story of Corey Bush standing up for that single mom not to get evicted <laughs> from her home, right? <laughs> She's not their mom. She just babysits these kids. That whole story was a... That, whole story was a scam too and then when you realize this seems kind of like dumb and funny this is what they did writ large with covid for the last year and yes, a half it is. this yes, it is, is it i mean cdc is now advising the fully vaccinated not to travel to israel which is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world and then goes out there and pretends as if it doesn't understand why there is still almost half the country vaccine hesitant just can't pretend to understand oxford university epidemiologist just said earlier today what i said yesterday that i think the these vaccines will not get us to herd immunity because they don't cease human to human transmission and now we've got oxford university number one university in the world their epidemiologist just said the exact same thing. State of Massachusetts reporting via the Boston Herald. It had 1,364 breakthrough infections of fully vaccinated people in the last week. 
in the last week. Now, they also are showing that their deaths and hospitalizations, less than far less than 1% are vaccinated. But we can't proclaim a win on that yet because we need to see with this influx of breakthrough cases whether that trend line continues or not. In Israel, it is still showing that the severity of cases is still diminished by vaccination status. Now, it's not showing 99% because with more volume, there's more vulnerability, but they are still showing that the majority of their cases of hospitalizations and deaths are unvaccinated. They are still showing that in Israel, even as their caseload explodes. They, they had something like 5,000 cases yesterday. But there is some good news. I think we should close with some good news. Absolutely. You know, we're looking for, can we unite? Can we work together? Is bipartisanship dead? You know, I, I just want to, I want to commend the Biden White House. I, I thought it was, we finally saw some Uncle Joe bipartisanship. I mean, to reach across the aisle, call up Lindsey Graham and said, hey, you know, do you have any recent swipe writers that you think, you know, would play really well to the public, you know, any recent connections, hookups uh, that uh, that you think, you know, might play well to the public, you know, to push vaccines and to, and to see Lindsay come through uh, and to see the, the White House back him up. Uh, I just think um, in the end. You know, we we poke around quite a bit. Okay, I'll stop now. Can we go back to the Navy theme? (laughs) In the Navy! Yes, we can. We can do that, too. Another one of Lindsay's favorite songs. All right, now I'm done. Ian Miller, the man responsible for the charts of death, will join us here at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned. Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Reminder, we are on baby alert. The first baby McIntyre could occur any day now. And then once that happens, uh, we will take uh, 10 days, 10 calendar days of paternity leave on Aaron's behalf. But uh, don't sweat it. We've got a good half dozen specialty themed shows already recorded for you to keep fresh content going for as long as we possibly can. All right. So in case you missed that yesterday, talking about it, I'm getting all choked up. Uh, In case you missed that announcement yesterday, I just wanted to reiterate that one for you one more time. Well, over the course of the last year and a half on this show, we have shown you a ton of data. Some of the favorite data we have shown you though, comes from our next guest. He is, frankly, a statistical assassin. And he joins us now, the man that has authored the most dangerous charts in American history, or at least since Ross Perot told us about his crazy aunt in the basement. Ian Miller, it is a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. First of all, 
I, I've been following your work for like the last year and a half. I've shared a ton of it. So you can give me at least a little thanks for some of the traffic you have generated, I'm sure. But that notwithstanding, I owe you an apology. We're way overdue in having you on this show. There's a part of me, though, that almost didn't want you to be real, like a real person, but like a, a conglomerate of like, um, you know, whistleblowers within the science intelligentsia. And now here you are, just a handsome, regular old dude. Tell us who Ian Miller is and how you became the 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 house of the black death to our uh, the science. How did you do this? I I don't know actually. No, I, I do owe a lot of credit to you and a lot of other people who have who have posted reposted the charts and kind of helped it spread um, throughout. But uh, you know, I just kind of got into it because there was a, I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the data that I've been posting, you know, I, I wanted to know, okay, well, when we did this, what happened afterwards? Because all of the experts, all the scientists kept telling us that if we did these things, that it would slow the spread, it would have a big impact, it would make a significant difference and save lives. And so, you know, I, I noticed that it wasn't, really being done consistently. And there are a lot of people who did a lot of this great work. There's a ton of people on the, you know, the rational ground team that have done it and, and other places. And, um, but it wasn't something that was done kind of every day. And I was like, you know, I can do it myself. And, and a lot of this data is publicly accessible, which is kind of to the detriment of the scientists and the experts, because it is so easy for, for just regular people like me and others to, to point out, okay, well, if we're, if we're going to see such a big impact from this, why isn't it happening? Um, so it just kind of became a, a niche. I think like really last summer is kind of when I started doing it because we started to see the South and and California really shoot up, and that kind of got me interested in, um, in kind of doing it for the rest of the country and the rest of the world. So it's kind of taken off from there. What's your background? I I worked in I've worked mostly in the entertainment industry actually. Uh, so I uh, I have some some data work and things like that, but nothing nothing science or medicine based or anything like that. Uh, just mostly. Working with some data and, and just a, a lot regular, of stuff. regular American, basically, just a regular yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you surprised you've not been banned from Twitter yet? <laughs> I try to, <laughs> I try to be as as uh, kind of under the radar as I can in terms of I don't you know make too many try not to make too many inflammatory statements or anything like that. But yeah, it is a little surprising that there hasn't been more. I haven't been suspended for a week or anything like that. I've heard a lot of people have had that happen to them and. Um, so I try to avoid anything <laughs> too controversial. I try to keep it pretty straightforward and just present the data. All right. So before we get into the data, everybody listening right now, fighting to not have their kids choked out again this year by useless Chinese face diapers, starting with the word useless there. Um, I always direct them to your Twitter feed to get so much, among a few other places, to get so much great data on this. What is your Twitter feed so the audience can go there right now as we're having this conversation? Uh, so it's at Ian MSC. At Ian MSC. And I will tell you, I mean, this, this goes on for months and months and months. This has been one of the absolute best social media accounts since this scamdemic began. Uh, I mean, the amount of quality data here is truly remarkable. So let's start with your very first post. California, which just a few months ago showed a seroprevalence of 85%. Um, 69% of all humans 
over the age of 16 are vaccinated in L.A. County, according to the Public Department of Health there. And yet they're attempting to reinstitute a mask ban for everyone, vaccinated or unvaccinated. I'm sure the data shows it's going swimmingly, does it not? Yeah, of co- well, of course they brought it back, and uh, you know, it's it's only in LA would they start. They actually preceded the CDC kind of changing their mind and saying, "Oh, now we think that vaccinated people should wear masks indoors again." But uh, so it was uh, July seventeenth is when it went into effect in LA, and uh, two weeks later, cases continued to go up. And more importantly, I think it's it's a great comparison because all the other Southern California counties did not follow LA. They all. It left the normal rules in place where you didn't have to wear a mask inside and go to San Diego or Orange County, then you can do that. Um, and their numbers have been better or have gone up you know, the same amount or slightly less. So we, we're basically conducting the experiment that everybody wants to see, which is where you're in the same region. You have one area that mandates masks. You have a bunch of areas that don't. Mm-hmm. And then you see what happens a couple of weeks later. We're, you know, <laughs> we're now almost three weeks into it. And there's been no difference. There's no impact. The cases have continued to go up. And all of the other areas have followed the exact same trajectory, just like they have for the last, you know, 18 months. And of course, L.A. Public Health has been trying to pretend like it works because they have to keep pretending that it works. But there's absolutely no evidence that it has. And in fact, if anything, which kind of proven the opposite, it's proven that masks don't matter because we're not seeing it have any impact in Los Angeles at all. What about in Asia? So, (laughs) you know, we, we just as the Olympics were getting underway. Japan, where, I mean, they wear a mask to weddings, even when there's not a pandemic. I mean, mask use in that part of the world is uh, is is endemic. Uh, they had to declare a state of emergency there in Japan for growing cases, just as the Olympics were getting underway. So no fans. You pointed out, and, and for those of us that have been involved in pushing back on this from the beginning, we have been inundated from the beginning with media accounts of how we should follow the Asian model of crushing COVID with masks. I did a, right before the Olympics, I did a Twitter thread going back and looking at a year and a half of articles making the claim that masks were working in these countries that have like 90% or higher mask compliance. And then they just go right back into lockdown again with or without the masks. You did this recently for South Korea, which hit 99% mask compliance. What was this in April of this year, correct? Yeah, I think it was March or April. And so you've got yeah, months of built-up mask use to push back mitigations, month, months of built-up mitigation efforts against the virus, right? Yeah. And currently, what's going on there in South Korea? Well, cases have reached an all-time high. <laughs> they just keep going up. It's, uh, you know, and and they're, to be fair, their rates are, you know, adjusted for population are lower than other areas, but they're still, the trajectory just keeps going up. And, and you mentioned Japan. You know, their their cases have, have just skyrocketed. I mean, double what they were in other other previous surges over the fall, over last summer. It's it's just skyrocketed out of control. And it's not just a factor of like, oh, well, they're you know, they're and everybody says, oh, well, their, their cases are lower compared to the United States. Yeah. But if you go look at their their positive testing percentage right now, they've never tested very much. And their testing percentage is almost as high as it's ever been in the United States since testing you know became widespread last year. Like they're about to hit our positive testing percentage from over the winter, you know, winter mm-hmm. of 2020 and 2021. Uh, so it's not just that they're having a big case increase. It's that they are testing positive like crazy. And like you say, this is, this was the example. This was the, 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 the reason that we could beat COVID with masks was look, Japan and South Korea did it. And they're both seeing record high increases. Japan is seeing positive testing go as high as it's ever gone. 
Uh, and it's just completely ignored because it doesn't fit the narrative from the media or from politicians who want to keep pushing it. You know, we've seen since Georgia and Iowa were the first two states to reopen. Wisconsin did it by court decree as well early on in May of last year. But Florida's kind of really become the epicenter of control groups. It's kind of become the Sweden of America now. Third largest, most, uh, or third largest population in the country. One of the largest elderly populations in the country. Uh, and one of the least um, uh, restrictive uh, states in the country. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about them from a control group perspective. Why not San Francisco as a control group perspective in the other direction? So what is it? 76% of all human beings in San Francisco are vaccinated, I believe, right? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. All right. And they just redeployed a mask mandate. What is San Francisco? So if, if, I mean, if, if, if you can't, if you can't Fauci harder in San Francisco, tell me where you, where you can Fauci harder than there. Right. So, if we're going to use control groups, what does San Francisco tell us about Fauciism, Ian? <laughs> well, it's, it, I mean, it tells us it doesn't really work. I mean, we kind of knew that from the past 18 months, but it's it's really failed there as well. And their their numbers are as high as they've ever been. I, I haven't checked in the last couple of days, but they might have set an all-time high for the most cases they've ever had. And and that's it gets no media attention. And I think it's in large part due to the political ideology of the city and, and who runs it and you know, DeSantis has obviously kind of become a flashpoint for the White House recently where they criticize him, I think in large part because they view him as their biggest threat because he's pushed back on Fauciism, because he's shown we don't have to do this. It doesn't make a difference. You know, and it was it would should have been over. All of this should have been over over the winter when Florida reopened. Everybody said it was going to be a disaster. All the experts said it. Fauci said it. And then their numbers were lower than California. They were lower than New York. They were lower than most like Michigan and all these other places that were locked down and completely closed with mask mandates everywhere. That was it. You know, that, like you say, that was the control group. We we saw it, but you know, they're, they're just never going to let it go. And, and they, they could just, because I think a lot of the, the media conversation, the narrative, the social media narrative is driven by one party. <laughs> they, they get to kind of pick and choose winners and they've ignored San Francisco, even though, like you say, their vaccination rates are as high as anybody on earth, really. And it hasn't mattered. It hasn't stopped their cases from increasing. The mass haven't stopped their cases from increasing recently. Uh, it's just that they don't get any attention because they have the right ideology in other ways. To that end, let's talk about Israel, which is one of the most vaccinated countries on earth. About two-thirds of the population there has been fully vaccinated. And yet... It reported over 5,000 new cases yesterday. Um, the cases have gone up into the thousands of percentile since they were at zero cases about uh, two or three months ago. Deaths are still relatively low. They're going up too, but they're still about 81% behind where deaths were during their pre-vaccination peak. But I wonder how long that trend line will hold up if you're seeing, if you're going to see this kind of a rise in cases, there will be some kind of a rise that's just math. There will be some kind of a rise in hospitalizations and vaccinations. So you're watching the vaccines, at least from a, a, an immunization standpoint, meaning they, they stymie person-to-person transmission, human transmission. You're watching the vaccines fail in efficacy from a transmission standpoint in real time in Israel right now. We're still waiting to see whether they hold the line therapeutically, but Israel's gone back to masks too. So has that helped? No, no, it has not. Of course <laughs> not. It, you know, they uh, 
they brought it back right around the same time that LA did. Uh, in fact, it was a little before that. So we've had over a month of data in Israel showing that the mass mandate completely failed. And like you say, they reported over 5,000 cases and that they were reporting a few hundred or maybe even lower when they reinstated or reinstated mask mandates. And it completely failed. It's com- it, it's gone up thousands of percent, like you say, in the la- just in the last month. And, you know, there there's this doubling down mentality of like, well, we got to do what failed the first time, but this time it'll work. It, it, it just it's mind boggling that people think that this is going to work like that. And yeah, it, I think one thing that I've tried to point out with all the charts and Israel is a great example of this is that, you know, you're not really going to beat this. You know, it's always going to be here. There's always going to be cases. Israel vaccinated as many people as you can. It hasn't seemed to prevent transmission really at all. And and that goes against what Fauci and the CDC were saying for months. It, mm-hmm. They were saying you, vaccinated people cannot carry the virus. Literally, that's what the CDC director said. They could not carry it. And it was they do not spread it. That's what they said. Well, we have proof that that's not the case anymore. And Israel is a great example of that. So my, my favorite part about this is if they if the vaccines are not able to prevent infection, not able to prevent transmission, do they really think masks are going to do it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, how does how does that work? And and we're seeing it. Oh, the previous where, CDC director told us that masks would protect it more than a vaccine would. So right. there you go. I, <laughs> whatever. Before we let it's you ridiculous. go. Um, Michael Osterholm, a Biden advisor, told mostly the truth about cloth masks not working last week on CNN, but then turned around and suggested we put kids in N95s all over the country. You have some data looking at another country that has tried this. Can you quickly share it with us? Right. So Germany, a couple of states in Germany put in N95 mask mandates uh, and a lot of the other, most of the rest of the country did not. So that, like you said, it's a control group. So we were able to compare how did these two states do is Bavaria and Berlin. And so not population, no not insignificant, insignificant, probably like they're two biggest states, I would guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those are, those are big areas and it did not matter at all. They're, they followed the exact same trajectory. In fact, it did slightly worse at times, even with the N95 mass mandate in place, but they, I mean, it's literally the same trajectory up and down at the same exact time. The numbers are almost exactly the same. So we, we, I mean, we've shown already, somebody tried this, it didn't matter. It didn't work. And it's because a lot of the times these N95s have to be properly fitted to people's faces in order to have whatever level of efficacy Osterholm right. was talking about. Yep. And nobody's doing that, obviously. And it's, it's just impossible to get the general public to wear those in a way that would make a difference. That's what Norway found last year, that they would have to forcibly mask and equip forcibly mask people properly, 200,000 people to stop per one infection. That's what Norway's... And they just thought there's that's just you can't do civil engineering like that. That that doesn't work. Ian, great stuff. All right. If you're if you're fighting back against your school board, board of regents, this is a must get his Twitter account at Ian, I-A-N, at Ian M-S-C, at Ian M as in Mary, S-C. Ian, you are, brother, an American treasure. You have done as much damage against COVID stand as any living being has well done, good and faithful servant. We apologize that it has taken us this long to get you on the show. Okay, we'll have to do it again very soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Any thoughts on that conversation? Just the opposite of that uh, woman. I don't know who she was when she was trying to uh, explain away the whole Obama party and she said, this is a sophisticated uh, vaccinated crowd. Uh, all narrative with her. With that guy? All he is is, show me the numbers and I'll show you. What? That's the truth. It's it's refreshing. 
and it's nothing more than that. He would have told you, run for the hills if death was truly looming. It never was, folks. Fake news or not, not that you haven't already been had seen a bunch of fake news debunked, but we'll debunk some more. back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace he's aaron mcintyre that's totters and let us know who you are and what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox email the program steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e like us on facebook me we parlor gab and getter follow me on twitter at steve dace show and then get clips of the show for free that are also free of censorship from big tech over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Thanks again to all of you that are podcast faithful. Uh, you played a massive pivotal role in the explosive growth of this show. Thank you. Please, if you've not done so yet, hit the five-star review up for us, uh, the follow, subscribe button, whichever is the case on your podcast platform of preference. And thanks to all of you the thousands of you that have done those things for us already contributing to the continued growth of the program. We appreciate you. Uh, there's something I need to share with you right away that will be a good lead into fake news or not before we get there. But first, I need to tell you about our friends over at Home Title Lock who wonder, do you know right now how much equity you have in your home? Chances are, if it's a lot, some knuckle draggers. They know. They're called cyber criminals and the crime is called Home title theft and these cyber criminals, they troll online looking for homes that they think are likely high in equity. They then go online where your home's title is kept, come up with some piece of personal information they probably got from a data breach courtesy of Facebook recently, claim they're you and then make it look like you sold your home to them on a quick claim deed. And before you know it, they've gotten a hold of your investment, your equity, and often you don't know it until the bad news begins to arrive. Don't let that happen to you. Because with our friends at Home Title Lock, it probably won't. That's all they do there is try to prevent this crime against most America's, most of America's most important and largest investment, their own home. If you want to register right now to get a $100 value for free called their complete title history, take advantage of this free offer when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. I want to share... Before we get to fake news or not, I want to share a Twitter thread with you guys. All right. And this is from a guy named David Zweig. David Zweig um, says he writes about tech and culture, science and other stuff for Wired, the New York Times, the Atlantic and New York Magazine. How many right wing publications would be listed there? Few to none. Yeah. Few to none. Okay. Important to note, as I share with you what I'm about to share. So there is a study out today from Duke University that gets a big opinion piece at the New York Times saying, quote, we studied one million students, universal masking works. So he started asking the authors some questions. And he is sharing with us the conversations they had back and forth. I'm just going to share his tweets with you now. A top-line finding of the Duke ABC Science Collaborative Report, and what they claim here, is that masks in school help to lower transmission, except all their schools were under a mask mandate. I asked the authors how they could make a claim on masks when there was no control group. 
In order to claim an effect, you must compare one group with an intervention to a different group without the intervention. The conversation Ian Miller and I just had about Israel, San Francisco, Florida, right? Okay. These authors of this study never did this. Instead, the authors replied with the Israeli study saying that it showed masks in schools work, except you cannot use another study as evidence for a claimed finding in your study. Correct? Otherwise, what was the point of your study? Right. If another study already has your findings, then why did you do your study? Right? In fact, in my line of work, do you know what they call that? Plagiarism is what it's called in my line of work. Okay? Two, the Israeli study was of grades 7 through 12. Windows were closed and all schools were exempt from masks. If anything, the fact that there was only one outbreak suggests the lack of effectiveness of masks. The authors, and so when you look at the Israeli study, it says, and I quote, an extreme heat wave occurred, hence the Ministry of Health exempted school children from face masks for these three days. The authors do the same thing in this opinion piece, citing some districts that had mask mandates and low transmission as evidence of their effectiveness, but then cherry-picking some places that didn't to suggest the opposite. Yet schools in Florida, and more so throughout many parts of Europe, did not and do not have mask mandates for kids with varying age cutoffs, and there is no correlated explosion of cases originated in those schools. This is everything Ian Miller's been telling you on his Twitter account for a year and a half. Sadly, they buried the lead from their report which is that distancing of more than three feet or less made no difference in transmission rates. When I raised the points about the Israeli study, the authors stopped responding to me. The end. They're a sophisticated crowd, Steve. Aaron, you have any thoughts on this? that you can say right now. Are these the experts that we're supposed to trust? The authors of this? The experts we're supposed to imprison? Yeah, trust. Trust. Trust, I'm sorry. I misheard no. you there. Like, you know, a dinger. Uh, yes. Um, sure. Yes, trust. Trust away. By all means, trust. Yes. The beginning of the montage today, when Aaron aired the speech from that doctor at that school board meeting, mm-hmm. that the point can't be stressed enough about what he said like it's i get why you trusted the experts this is on some level you know that it is their pay grade uh but you you need to be mad at the amount of times not only a they failed you but b clearly lie to you and c hold you in contempt yes and now you can't say this isn't my pay grade anymore because of what they're doing to you. you need to make it your pay grade you need to be very very upset with this and not tolerate it any longer and do to them what the uh, just got done to Cuomo in New York. I have exposed things like this and people like me and Daniel Horowitz and yes. Ian Miller and Justin, uh, Justin Hart and others have exposed things like this for the last year and a half. This is not new. What's new is that there's another class of Americans that want their damn lives back and are sick of this, that now work at places, wired, by the way, (laughs) I mentioned to Ian Miller last hour, 
that I put out a thread the day that uh, the Tokyo Games banned fans and, and the Tokyo went into an emergency order for COVID. I went through a list of media stories over the last year and a half, chronicling how we should follow the lead of the Asian countries that show us you can beat COVID with masks, right? One of those stories was from Wired. What, what's happening now is, let me reiterate this. All branch Covidians voted Biden. Not all Biden voters are branch Covidians. There's another layer of American that is sick and damn tired of this. I mean, there's even reports from Axios now that the Biden White House is going to CDC and saying, where's the freaking data for this stuff that you're saying? Because this isn't helping them. They're going to get annihilated next year. On the current trajectory. Gavin Newsom, unless they can fake enough printed home ballots, and they will try, is getting recalled here in a month. The backlash here is real, Terry Hatcher, and it is spectacular. Because there's a whole lot of other people who also didn't like Donald Trump and thought he was either some form of con man to racist who don't want to mask their damn kids anymore either and want to see their kids' ballet recitals without masks and want their lives back. And those people now are starting to do their own work. Those people now are starting to ask questions. See, I've been asking questions about this on these mask studies since last year. But now, the, uh, now there's another sector of America that is like, okay. And the turning point here was we waited around like you told us to. We obeyed like you told us to. The magical vaccine has arrived, and now you're telling us it's not as magical as we were promised. And to go back to living somewhat the way we were before, that's, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Okay, that's going to be a no from me. Especially when you start talking about people's kids. This guy could have written this thread about any mask study they produced in the last year and a half because none of them had control groups either. In fact, when Anthony Fauci was asked last year, why don't we have a randomized control group study on masks? What did he say? It's too dangerous to do that, to have all these people unmasked. That's not why. It's because they have done randomized controlled studies on mask use for airborne contagions for decades. And prior to about mid to late May of last year, guess what they all showed ever? Can you guess? Take a guess. What do you think they showed? Magic. Yeah. (laughs) They don't work. That's why you haven't been masking up every flu season your entire life. And they don't work now. People are tired of this crap. A lot of people are. Especially now that they've gotten a taste of freedom. You know, there was a, there's a lot of people in New York who looked at opening day for the Texas Rangers and all those fans and were freaking out. But they've been going and seeing the playoff contending New York Mets and New York Yankees and filling up those stadiums for the last couple of months now themselves, right? Yes, they have. Yeah. Denver may be a progressive, modern progressive utopia. I believe they just had an all-star game there with a packed 
yeah. the packed stadium, right? Yes. Yeah. See, there's a lot of other Americans that want their damn lives back. A lot. And they're tired of this bleep. We're hearing a lot of talk about systemic racism nowadays. Let me give you an example. I finally found one for you. New York City is about to institute a vaccine passport system. One out of four residents in New York City is black. CDC says almost three out of four black Americans is not vaccinated. Can you see where this one's going? Yeah. There's some systemic racism for you. I mean, that is some straight up 21st century Jim Crow if there ever was any. Which sadly may be exactly what they want, the optics of that. Bunch of cops arresting black folks. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know, man. If I just came out of an election that I had to steal after four years trying to smear the candidate as a racist, who at times, frankly, didn't always use the most sensitive language in these in these in these moments. We could we could at least admit that, right? Of course. Okay. So on top of his at times crassness, and then your four year smear attempt. Even after you stole the election, he got more non-white votes than any Republican has in 60 years. I don't know that I want that visual. I don't know that that's what I'm going for right now. Know what I'm saying? Not sure that's the... I'm going to kind of give you the Steve Carell office <laughs> at that one. Yeah, I don't think that's David Axelrod's political advice anyway. No, I agree. I don't think that's coming from his... That's not like on what his little private email list is. You know, he's the Obama... Obama's Karl Rove... I don't think that's David Axelrod's play. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's coming from on high. Granted, I'm, I'm sure there are some Corey Bushes out there thinking along those lines, but we should actually be hoping that that that's the strategy they pursue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that is not a good visual. Okay. To see a bunch of cops in New York City arresting black folks for not taking a jab that right now our own data shows doesn't stop human to human transmission, and the CDC director has now actually admitted let's go to fake news or not all right we have a series of clips here you guys ready to go absolutely yes. all right let us begin has robert redfield remember the quack he was his last year cdc director has be still my beating heart i say it isn't so has has has, has bob can i call you that has bob lost his faith in the mask Where have they been for the past, you know, ever since then? What's been going on for the past nine, ten months? Why, why don't we have data rather than, as you say, just opinion that's leading this push with our schools? I think it's a fair criticism. A fair criticism. You know, you, you heard the, I think in the Wall Street Journal they talked about forty-two billion dollars of NIH funding yeah. and less than. Uh, uh, 2% was on COVID. I mean, these are critical questions. Uh, is routine screening twice a week in a school? Is that the real way to limit interschool transmission? Uh, is it, um, you know, wearing mask or not wearing mask? You know, I'm of the point of view that this has to be locally decided uh, as opposed to a general mandate, uh, particularly in the absence of data. But you know, I've said before, I do believe that masks are better than having received a vaccine that didn't work in you. That's not what he but said. that's not to say that I'm convinced that we can make yeah. the statements that the best way to protect kids in school is, uh, as some has advocated, yeah. universal masking. I think maybe better ventilation, maybe. 
fake news or not gentlemen your thoughts fake news sweden exists fake news that's not actually what he said he he didn't say last year that this mask will protect me better than any COVID vaccine. Yeah, that's what he said. Almost this one mask, year ago to this day, he this said that. This mask will protect me better than any COVID vaccine. Now he's trying to say, this mask will protect me better than any COVID vaccine that doesn't work. Okay. Well, I don't know that we need to play the second clip now, do we? Do we skip that one? Yeah. About the looming Cuomo impeachment? Yeah. I mean, the dude uh, the dude uh, fell on the sword here today, so we can we can uh, skip that one, all right? Uh, let's go to Chuck Schumer. We finally found something worse than COVID, and you can you can probably guess what it is. And we're going to confront the generational challenge of climate change head on. We're not flinching. We're not wincing. We're going right at it. And as bad as COVID was this year, and it was horrible, five or ten years from now, every year the climate the uh, climate change will make things worse and worse and worse, even worse than it was this year in COVID. Because when climate changes, it's such an overwhelming force that unless we do something now, we may not be able to stop it. I've only been hearing a version of this message my entire life. So therefore, so have you and Aaron. So fake news or not, Todd, what do you think? And what about the, I like this, by the way. Well, that's. I I like that. That was, that was peppy. I liked it. Fake news. I'm old. This is beyond me, but this is where we are now. And I'm playing out this string. Uh, I'm on the Chuck Grassley plan of running until I die. Um, so I will say what needs to be said. I would say this is not fake news. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm probably going to diverge from the this is a superior cult of zeitgeist here. Um, they have been saying this. You are correct. They have been saying this since the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the thousands. Now. The aughts, I guess is what you call them. This time, though, this time, though, they are. They are correct. This time, though, it really is the apocalypse. You know, it's funny. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, I I believe it was Jesse Kelly today, how similar the talking points are (laughs) between climate change, global warming, climate change, global warming, and COVID hysteria. Have you noticed that? Yes, particularly have, particularly in the last six months, this is true. Yeah, yes, yeah. and now it's it's. I mean, I would argue it's even breaking down ideologically mm-hmm. along those kinds of lines now. Yes, because for the longest amount of time, ever since I've been uh, alive, and we have claimed this for years on this show, every cult needs its apocalyptic doomsday story, and that's what global warming is to leftism. One of the reasons, I think, that people along the ideological lines that you were talking about, Steve, were so keen to accept COVID-19 as doomsday is because they had been conditioned to do so already with global warming. Now, this was maybe just a test run for them, but they're still going to be there because fundamentally it's a godless, it's a godless ideology. It really is. 
And so doomsday must be averted by any means necessary because this life is all there is. Hmm. Let's go to one of our favorite all hat, no cattle, ballless wonder Republicans who made an entire career out of one soundbite, Chris Christie style, but didn't do a damn thing the entire time he was in office, couldn't be relied on to do anything that we wanted whatsoever. So we, of course, parlayed that into a regular gig on the most prominent conservative media platform, Fox News. I'm speaking of none other than... And I guess it's a state where, like, pretty much all the Republicans they send us suck. South Carolina. Here's our old friend, Trey Gowdy. Science and politics don't mix. It leads to distrust. And just so there's no mistake, I've been vaccinated. I'll take a booster shot if that's what my physician tells me to do. I'll get revaccinated if my doctor advises it. I'll wear a mask. Yes, it's inconvenient. But I'll do it if it makes others safer. What I'm having it, trouble- it doesn't it doesn't do any of those things. You'll get revaccinated. How about re-revaccinated? I mean, listen, man, we've already got one South Carolina elected official who will take multiple injections on his ass. Do we need another one who's going to sign up for it as well? Apparently, the answer is, yeah. I mean, I, I, do you guys ever send us good politicians out of that state? How, what, what the hell is going on in South Carolina? I mean, do you guys ever send us anyone good? Ever. Ever. I'll, I'll, get, re, I'll get re-vaccinated. Re, re. I'll get re-vaccinated if I have to. Um. Um. Uh, if you have to get re-vaccinated... Were you ever, ever vaccinated? Were you, were you ever vaccinated if you have to get revaccinated? See, that's why this whole thing was true news. It was that, could there have been a There's better- There's no imbi- doubt it's true news. Yeah. Dude, dude, Trey Gowdy will wear 19 masks. Yeah. Yes. That was a perfect embodiment yes. of the last year and a half that we've been right there. He says science and politics don't mix. And then he gave you nothing but politics posing as science. Yes. In the very next breath. That's what I love. I mean, that clip to me is, with a few exceptions, our old colleague Bongino uh, or, or Tucker, but with a few exceptions, that clip is is 20 some odd years of Fox News right there. I will give up the premise of every argument that the Democrats come after us with, but I will defend your right to um to uh, to to not participate good luck with that so i will grant their premise on every argument but i will defend your right to not have to comply i mean if that ain't 20 some odd years of fox news in one clip man with a few unfortunate unfortunately few exceptions i don't know what is this is the kind of stuff that makes me think maybe you can change genders because what what is that I've I got a few words for it. I just don't think I can use any of them right now. Aaron, fake news or not? Oh, that's not fake news at all. I mean, Trey Gowdy. I mean, he was one of the he's one of the one of the ones who went to the Lord Fauci and said, "How many times must be we be jabbed to be saved? Seven times." 
And uh, Lord Fauci said, nay, but 70 times seven. I mean, that's how many times he'll, he'll be revaccinated. Isn't that supposed to be, by the way, isn't that, wouldn't that with a normal vaccine, wouldn't that be um, in this time frame an oxymoron? Within six months, and revaccinated within six months, eight months. I'm beginning to think we're the oxymorons, yeah. bro. Okay. One more clip from the great governor of New Jersey. Allow me if I may to step back just for a minute. The health and safety of our kids is among, if not my most sacred responsibility, as it is, by the way, for any governor. There are issues that are and must always remain above politics, and this is one of them. Anyone telling you that we can safely reopen our schools without requiring everyone inside to wear a mask is quite simply lying to you, because we can't. First of all, I'm not going to make it easy for you guys. You can't go to the card of guy who promotes baby killing says one of his highest callings as governor is the health and safety of New Jersey's children. All right. I mean, that's, that one's too easy. So I'm going to take that off the table, make it a little more difficult for you. Fake news or not, Aaron, you go first this time. It's not fake news. Uh, he's, he's basically calling his neighbor to the West, uh, Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf. He's calling him a liar. Because Tom Wolf announced, as I mentioned in the montage, I know, I saw that. <laughs> that they're not going to be mandating masks in schools there. <sighs> so he's calling his, I mean, this is some inter, uh, interstate Democrat um, uh, 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 death match here. Who's the liar? Who knows? Not me or anyone. So it's not fake news, I guess. I guess you get uh, whatever Rachel Levine is away from Tom Wolf and... He a little common sense reemerges there, I suppose. What do you think, Todd? Well, fake news or not? Not fake news. Ah, uh, hey, I see you and raise you a Catholic priest who uh, went viral yesterday. Uh, he was speaking to it, it wasn't at mass, but he was speaking to a sizable segment of his flock uh, and addressing uh, mask mandate protests that would be going on. There And he told his flock, he said, if any of you are a part of that, don't you come to me for help because that's nonsense. So, yeah, that's this is, you know, he's got the clergy on his side. He's got the holy folk uh, covering his back. So, yeah, I mean. He's got Trey Gowdy on his side, apparently. Just make the argument that uh, with no data that it will will, uh, help people and Gowdy's all in, man. What's left to do? Make tar and feathering great again that's what's left to do make tar and feathering great again that's what's left to do so if you've if you've if you've followed us along this trail of tears here for the last 20 minutes or so you're probably thinking where do i go to get equipped to do something about this that's where we need to tell you about our friends over at patriot academy Uh, they host these self-defense courses at the front site firearms training institute out there uh, in nevada just outside of las vegas It's the premier firearms and self-defense training organization in America. They don't just teach you how to defend yourself with a weapon. 
but how to defend yourself with an even more powerful weapon, the U.S. Constitution as well. So you'll get physical training with a firearm during the day and then intellectual training on your rights and our founding documents at night. Uh, The next one is coming up this fall. If you want to register to go, it is a family-friendly program, uh, and it's a wonderful thing. You can take everybody there if you would like. Often our friend Daniel Horowitz helps uh, to coordinate these as well. Register for their upcoming course today. You could receive up to 90% off the training. You'll have to take care of your own accommodations still, Um, but um, the discount applies to the training itself. 90% off when you go to constitutioncoach.com and register today at constitutioncoach.com. What, how do we, here, here's, I'm, I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to do it on purpose here at the end so that we don't have a long time to talk about it because all the answers will offend people and maybe needlessly. Let me tell you what I struggle with. I told you guys yesterday, I got to be a little bit more open about my own personal feelings and struggles with this because if I don't, I keep it bottled up and I I end up in a bad mood and um, and, then it gets a little toxic like it did here on the show the other day, right? We talked about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. So let me just be brutally clear. I, I mean, it, it bothers me far more than I let on. I just, I can't let it bog me down because it just gets in the way of what I'm called to do and what's demanded of me. But on a personal level, it really bothers me that a lot of you and a lot of us and our friends give people like Trey Gowdy a platform on places like Fox News to tell you horse bleep like that. Bothers me actually quite a bit. couple little quick addendums on fake news or not. Did you guys see that uh, the media tried to make a big thing yesterday about uh, Florida's COVID deaths and cases because of a CDC report? And what CDC actually did was take three days and claim it was one. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. I did. And the Florida Department of Health said, uh, you guys, that's not how we count. You guys took three days and made it a one-day report. So, again, they just, what don't these people lie about at this point? Do you know? I do not. I I don't either. Also, several of you have emailed in with a good clarification that maybe Tom Wolf has not any common sense, but has his hands tied because they had a referendum, remember, back in May, if we forgot about that, where the voters in Pennsylvania voted to strip him of his emergency powers so that he could not institute this on his own now, even if he wanted to. So... That is something worthy of noting as well, as is Brickhouse Nutrition. Man, if we have learned anything in this last year, it is when a good product comes along that helps us take good preemptive care of ourselves because we have a sick care system. I mean, Anthony Fauci's taking 10,000 IUs, he says, of vitamin D a day. He said that in an interview recently. Do you think that maybe he should have been for a year and a half recommending the average American take that? Don't you think that might have been a good idea? Right? I mean, we have That's waves. That's not going to pay the bills, yo. We have, we have waves in the north when people are primarily indoors when it's really cold, right? And then we have waves in the south when people are primarily indoors when it's really hot. Do you see a trend here? Might it have been a good idea to tell a whole bunch of people, especially the seasons when you're indoors a lot, 
Take a lot of vitamin D, right? Yes. Maybe. The numbers of people who end up vitamin D deficient with COVID hospitalization is overwhelming, by the way. That is just one preemptive healthcare thing we could have done, but there's no money to be made in preemptive healthcare by the sick care system. So they often don't tell you things like this. That's why it's left to people like us and products like Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition, real USDA organic fruits and vegetables packed with antioxidants that support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion, uh, pre and probiotics, and more. Mix it in in a water-based drink, and in that one glass, you're going to get more in one in that one serving of fruits and vegetables than the average American will get in a day, if not more, sadly. All right, if you want to give it a shot, this is part of my morning regimen. BrickhouseSteve.com is where you can go and use the promo code Steve to get 15% off your first order. 15% off your first order with the offer code Steve at BrickhouseSteve.com. All right, let's get to it. Some Pop Culture Tuesday. This is when we look at the intersection between popular culture and conservatism. Let's talk the Olympics. Final TV ratings are in. Worst TV ratings that NBC has suffered since they bought Seoul rights to the Olympics 33 years ago. Now, they're, they're touting they've had huge streaming audiences to offset this, but then they're not really offering us specifics about how many people logged on and watched this on Peacock, their new streaming service, for example. There seemed to be so little buzz. And in the end, though, it was a huge on-field success for the U.S. The United States came back on the final day to overtake China for most gold medals. Resoundingly won the overall medal race by something like, what, 20, 25 medals or something when I saw it. Okay. So juxtapose these two things. And let me take one thing off the table. I think last year we thought, remember how huge the ratings were for the NFL draft, kind of the first mainstream sporting event during lockdown last year? Yeah. I mean, the ratings for it, it was, the, it, was the, it was the highest rated NFL draft of all time. And so we kind of thought that this would be, well, wow, wait till they start playing live games, right? Mm-hmm. And that did not happen. Now, these were still often the highest rated TV events of the week or among them, but the overall ratings were certainly behind where they had been in the past. And so now when you look at the Hall of Fame game ratings last week, wasn't that the highest rated NFL preseason game in something like seven or eight years, I think I read? Yeah. I think one factor that we absolutely have to consider before we get into any cultural factors is that it's just much more attractive to people from an, from an energy level and an entertainment value standpoint to watch sporting events with fans. I think we should consider that, okay? Oh. That that's an absolute factor here, not having fans. It's more it, than a fact. Okay, a that, that, because there's clearly some cultural issues at play here. We can't ignore. But I, I don't even know that they would rank as high as. It's just not as exciting to people when the fans aren't there to cheer and add energy and make you feel like you're a part of that crowd. Okay? That's somewhere high on this list, don't you think? Asked and answered, okay, totally. Yeah. We can debate whether it's number one yeah. or not. But it certainly ranks somewhere high on this list, especially when you see how well the NFL Hall of Fame game performed opposite the Olympics and on a new network. Normally that game is on NBC, 
This, I think, was the first time it was on Fox mm-hmm. because NBC was carrying the Olympics instead. All right, so with the crowd factor acknowledged and addressed, and they didn't have spectators here because of COVID in, in Tokyo, how else would you explain this? So, Todd, well, this is yeah. more in your wheelhouse. We'll yeah. start with you. Well, there's, and I just, it just light bulbed, right, as you've passed it off to me. To, but to go back to the crowd factor, it's not just the crowd shots in the stadium. But you had no tours of Tokyo and Japan and culture that mm-hmm. you get with every Olympics. You get to look a history lesson, a cultural lesson. A lot of people like that. I enjoy it. There, there was almost none of that. You got the same blimp shots, basically, of Tokyo. So there's that. Uh, it's The Simone Biles thing uh, was a problem. She was the face of these olympics and then that happens and it it even had there not been all of the drama that we talked about on the show uh you know she's just not performing that would have taken a hit but then you have all kinds of people the olympics ultimately you, you're not coming to the nf the, the kneeling and all that stuff it's very frustrating regarding the nfl but the national anthem is you know 25 seconds and you move on. It's not inherently patriotic. The Olympics is all about patriotism. And ultimately, this thing starts going into all of the areas with uh, mental health awareness and just shoving it down your throat and shoving it down your throat. And so you can't even get that patriotism fixed because one of the spirits of the age that is uh, part, even though it, it, this mental health thing isn't a direct attack uh, on the flag or patriotism or anything, you can smell a rat. You can smell all the things that are constantly being imposed on you. Uh, the, the kind of people the, who make excuses for their country want to distract you from being proud of your country, and now you want to make this moment, like I said, I can't imagine being any prouder any athletic experience whatsoever, winning a Super Bowl, World's, none of it, than to get to stand on the podium with a gold medal and hear the national anthem. Yet this became the anthem of the whole week. Mental health awareness, not strength, human perseverance, what you can do. That's what the Olympics, the essence of it is, all of the great stories, and they totally flipped the script. There's no way that did not have an effect on it because by the end, the, you, the U.S. track team, the women in particular, great stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, almost all of them black women, uh, but people were exhausted by that time. Yeah. And the track come—it's all—I don't know if many people pay attention, but it's always the same schedule. Gymnastics and swimming are always uh, at the beginning. Track is always at the end. And yeah, I can that the, the, the you didn't learn about. Even though Alex, Allison Felix has been around uh, for five Olympics, most people didn't watch uh, what she did. Again, I didn't. Uh, you wanted to hear uh, Dalila Muhammad. You wanted to hear um, of uh, uh, Athing Mu, uh, the the girl who three years ago was uh, my daughter was on a podium with Athing Mu. It was amazing to see these stories. She's 19 years old. And she just won her first gold medal in the 800. That had not been done since 1968. But people were like, um, now, if this is all going to be more 
about uh, the Simone Biles uh, I've fallen and I can't get up show. That's not what America is to me. I'm out. You want to add to that, Aaron? Well, I just think people go to the Olympics, one, for the athletes they know and love, to see them compete on a world stage and and to uh, see their country well represented. I don't think that there are very many out, outside of outside of the, or inside, I should say, the traditional Olympic sports that we think of. I don't think of baseball or basketball. I, I know that those have been around, but the, the, the Olympic-only sports that we, we refer to, the swimming of the world, things like that. I, I just didn't think that there were a heck of a lot of stars, unlike years past. There were multiple household names on the U.S. men's swim team in the last three or four Olympics. I couldn't name one swimmer even now. On the women's swim team, Katie Ledecky, that's about it. Mm -hmm. The U.S. women's gymnastic team, Simone Biles, I mean, she was the biggest star heading into the Olympics. I mean, she was the house, the biggest household name, I would argue, of any of any Olympics uh, or of any of the Olympic teams, I should say. Um, but then when that happened, when that went all down, most people probably didn't even spend enough time figuring out to form an opinion on it. They just saw she withdrew from competition for it wasn't injury related. And they're just like, check it out. Here's, here's the, a, a big factor that I think is getting overlooked quite a bit. And it's kind of a dual factor. One is the time difference. I don't remember the Beijing Olympics nearly having this bad of ratings, but um, I, I think the they time difference, yeah, I think the time difference was a little bit bigger of a deal this time as well. The Beijing Olympics were also in 2008. Twitter was not nearly as big of a deal in 2008 as it is in 2021. Most of the events that people want to watch were at times of the day where they couldn't watch it live. So they had it spoiled for them most of the time by social media. That happened over and over and over. There was one one instance last week where Bella and I were watching a race and uh, we were getting into it and then I saw that it wasn't live and then I just blurted out, oh yeah, the Canadian pulls to the lead here and wins. Just because I already knew the event because it was Mm -hmm. already spoiled multiple times. The bigger factor even than the time difference. I didn't know where to watch anything. There are like 15 different places to watch this. Some you got to pay for. Some it was available with your streaming package. Some was available over the air. The Olympics and the yeah, ABC did a terrible did job, a terrible job yeah. of telling you, hey, you want to watch this event. Here's where you go. Here's the time that it'll be on live. Here's when it'll be. On. It was terrible. So I think that was a pretty big factor as well. So the NFL Hall of Fame game got seven and a half million viewers. That's about 40% higher than the 2019 NFL Hall of Fame game did. That's the highest rating for an NFL preseason game in over four years. And it did so opposite the Olympics. And it got about half of what the Olympics averaged tonight, which was about 15 million viewers. So, I mean, I've said this before. For me, I was I was always a huge Summer Olympic guy growing up. Okay, that's a lot of... I like a lot of those sports more than the Winter Olympics. Outside of hockey, there's a lot of things there I don't really care for. Uh, so, I mean, I would watch the Summer Olympics all my life growing up. But... A part of that, too, was the patriotism angle. It was us against the, against the Reds, right? You know, the Soviets. I, I just, this year I could have probably gotten there with the Shycoms, given what's gone on in the country. 
I used to joke, how do I root against our landlords? I used to joke about that on the show. It's different now. The relationship mm. has changed recently, uh, courtesy of a, current, a, 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 a silly little lab in Wuhan. The problem is that a lot of these are niche or obscure sports, even the even like the track ones that draw huge audiences. Their athletes are to most Americans, including me. And I'm going to rely on the media to help show me who are the human interest stories that I would want to pay attention to. They didn't show me the the patriotic black woman that won the wrestling championship and then turned around and used her first endorsement deal to buy her mama food truck for her business. They didn't show me that. I had to get that off of right-wing Twitter. That's where I found it, okay? They want to show me all the people that would prefer China to me. So I didn't view it as rooting against the American women's soccer team. I don't view them as Americans. I mean, I, I mean you can, just because you live here doesn't tell me a damn thing. I mean, it's just a, your place of residence doesn't tell me. America is a creed, not a landmass. And so... You know, all the debate about, wow, was this sign uh, Wakanda forever or was it a protest? Uh, I mean, this is all the sports media and our media wanted to promote were these individuals. I don't care about any of them. I don't. I mean, I don't wish them like ill, but I've got other things going on in my life. I'm not carving out my time for that. I don't even like wrestling. But if you would have shown me who this young woman was beforehand, my love of country would have trumped my, you know, eighth grade scar tissue from being humiliated in wrestling. I'd have, I'd have rooted her on. I didn't know about her or that she even existed on earth until after she won with a viral video that largely went viral because of, of, of right-wing Twitter. That's my issue, is that, is that the things that are really marketable, unless you've got a transcendent Michael Phelps level athlete, um, they wanted to market the stuff that is, frankly, I, I get this, I get this everywhere else I go in America. I don't need it there. And so yeah, I can't, I can't even get into the whole national pride over overcoming yeah. China because several of the athletes that they wanted to shove down my throat would prefer China to the America that, that I believe in. So yeah. there you go. And you know who's running these networks. So it's it's a way bigger problem. We talk about how people were mad with the NFL not being patriotic. But on on some level, it doesn't have to be most of the time. You know, it's the Olympics. It it can't not be patriotic. Because if it's not, if it, yeah. we're just one big, you know, Carpathian global community, yeah. what the hell does it matter then? Why? Why do you care well, if 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 your country won the hundred well, meter dash I, over Greece? Why do you care? Well, I I have no problem if I a compelling story and I know the, you know some athletes in uh, in the track world that are from different nations. I have no problem uh, rooting for them if I love their story. But th- that's a different thing from this thing becoming neutral yeah. on American terms. It can yeah. never be that. And if I it's agree. that, people are gonna. Uh, say what this is i come for this jones once every four years the anthem comes dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. and and if it's not that anymore it's ju- you know if you're going to turn this into uh, the woke x games no not going to do it that's a good analogy the woke x games because that's kind of what it feels like to me that it is yep All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We are back at it again tomorrow, baby McIntyre permitting. Noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, perhaps, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.